Welcome to the Lead Clinic. I'm your host, Dr. Peter Vitale, and today's one of the guests uh, we have on is one I've been most excited uh, to bring to you uh, because not only is he a technology solution provider uh, whose solution we use here and is very valuable for Lead Clinic clients, but I'm honored to call him a friend, and I'll, I'll do a, a short story as I'm introducing you, Jamie. But Jamie Pickles is, is a heck of a guy and a stand-up guy who I would say one person uh, who is most responsible for what I'm doing today in lead generation is Jamie because Jamie's just a genuinely nice human and really uh, at LeedsCon one year really kind of took me under his wing and introduced me to people that would have probably not given me the time of day otherwise. So Jamie, it's important for me to, to tell you that um, and it's important for me to share with the audience too because we can never underestimate the impact that we have on other humans, right? And so I want to thank you for that because you've, you've truly been a great friend and now a great partner in this journey. Um, so thank you. Thank you and, and welcome. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here and I'm an honor to sit in with you. Uh, my side of the story to that story is um, I got a, uh, a fortune that, that morning that said, do something kind to somebody for no reason whatsoever. So you were lucky that day you ended up, you know, being on, on the good end of that. Because normally I'm not that nice. But, but you, you, you were, when we first started talking, Peter, um, yeah. I was obviously very impressed with your background and what you were talking about wanting to accomplish in the space, which really rang true to, to me and what, uh, you know, I've been working on in this space for a long time and uh, wanted to help help you, you know, get there as quickly as you possibly could, uh, yeah. regardless of uh, whether we ended up doing business together or not. Um, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. I, I was feeding off of your your energy, enthusiasm and your vision. So, well, I, I love it, Jamie, and I, I appreciate that. And I think that is a a testament to to what we've talked about on on other episodes of this podcast, which is creating true partnerships. Right? This isn't you know we can look at relationships as transactional, but when we build actual partnerships with the vendors that we use, whether it's an insurance agency or, or whatever, that's the most important way to to, to really you know, be successful in this. And, uh, and I'm proud to say that we have that relationship. And Jamie, you've, you know, uh, as I came in to record this episode, I did an Instagram story on my drive over and I, I talked about we're recording two episodes today. And I know that's not going to make a lot of sense for folks who are watching this podcast. But because of my crazy travel schedule, uh, we record like two of these every few weeks. So uh, we can release them, you know, on, on a regular schedule for you. But um, as I was coming here, Jamie, I, I said into the camera on that Instagram story, you know, like I consider Jamie, I didn't say who it was going to be, but I said, uh, I consider the person I'm going to be interviewing, you know, one of the OGs of, of lead generation. And Jamie, you've had a long history in this business. You know, will you briefly kind of tell us, uh, you know, about that journey and, uh, and where you've been along the way? Yeah, absolutely. So, so you would say I'm on your Mount Rushmore of Leedman? <laughs> is, that, is that what you're saying? Uh, in a much more polite honor. way, though. Yeah. 
That's an honor. Well, so so my my entire career has been in insurance, um, Peter, and uh, it was uh, a career that I didn't choose. I actually, you know, accidentally dropped into it um, and uh, loved it from the very beginning. Uh, It's a fascinating, complex, um, exciting, um, always changing, um, you know, sector. not that I had a lot of exposure to other sectors, but um, it, 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 was, uh, it was by luck and chance that I fell into insurance right out of college uh, in consulting. And I, I was in consulting, management consulting, for about 10 years um, and uh, focused on the insurance industry. It was a, a boutique consulting firm um, that focused on you know, actuarial uh, science um, uh, assignments for mostly carriers, but also, uh, you know, MGAs and captives and whatnot. Um, and I ended up kind of leaning into uh, distribution sales um, and marketing uh, in, in the personal line space, personal mm-hmm. lines PNC. So it was like a really very quick dive into a really kind of narrow, what seemingly was a narrow part of the insurance industry, but ends up, you know, it's very meaningful and, and Lots to do, and and again, very exciting, and always always changing and challenging. So I did that, and then um, we, we we started where I got interested in um, what ultimately became the internet. When I first noticed uh, a few uh, new companies popping up, like uh, called CompuServe and and AOL and mm-hmm. Prodigy. I don't know if you know any of those words. Oh yeah. Um, but, I'm old uh, enough like, to remember those slightly. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. I was like, "Wow, this is really interesting." So I started, you know, searching for insurance on it, and there was nothing there. Um, and I said, "This is like um, really a, a potentially game-changing um, thing that's that's happening here." So started really kind of focusing on that part of the equation, and um, a colleague of mine at, at Tillinghast, which was the uh, consulting firm, Tillinghast Towers Parent, um, ended up getting hired, um, getting an assignment with a company called Innsweb Corporation in like 1996 or something like that. Um, it, was about, it was about a year old company and they were starting to move into uh, what they called the, the lead, uh, lead business uh, through the Internet. And I remember the day they were so excited. It was early 97. They had just signed... Uh, a distribution deal with Yahoo, and they were like, you know, cr- you know, all, all crazy about that and excited, which ended up being pretty meaningful to the company. And about a year, I don't know, fifteen months later, they hired uh, both of us uh, wow. to join. Um, so that was in uh, early '99, um, and uh, we went public that summer um, when it was hot. You know, to, to you know, internet. IPOs were hot and you could raise a ton of money and not give away a lot of equity. And we were the, um, we were the kind of the insurance player in, in the internet that, that had lots of money and lots of exposure. SoftBank was an investor, um, nationwide CNA and American family were all investors, early investors. Um, so we went public and then, you know, the internet, you know, proceeded to, to burst, the internet bubble bursted in, um, the spring of 2000 and we had to kind of retrench and restructure and we were spending 5 million bucks a month on TV advertising. Wow. And wow. our burn rate was, was, was pretty, pretty high. We had like, if we'd have kept on that path, we would have been out of business in four or five months. But at any rate, so we retrenched and um, kind of refocused and uh, you know um, 
decided that uh, we needed to, uh, you know, get to profitability. Um, mm-hmm. And fa- flash forward in, uh, I think it was Q4 2007. So it took us that long to get to profitability. Wow. We finally did it. Innsweb was the very first online insurance marketplace where consumers could fill out a form and we would match them with carriers and agents um, through, you know, mostly data leads. But we ended up in 03, we, we were the first to start the clicks mm-hmm. part of the business because we, we learned that, you know, as a consumer came through our, our, our form funnel, we realized that we didn't have very good monetization for a certain segment of them. So what we did is we asked a few questions up front and we decided instead of letting them go down the path to generate a data lead, we just show some some ads and consumers could click on it and we'd get paid on clicks. So we were the very first um, click platform as well. Um, and then I said, well, we should put a phone number in there and have have calls go directly to the carriers. And so we, we ended up doing consumer-initiated calls uh, mm-hmm. first as well. So we were pioneers in a lot of the kind of the things that you see uh, today, yeah. including um, uh, aggregation. We were working very closely with NetQuote um, okay. to help uh, monetize each lead more. Uh, we would sell leads to, you know, carriers and agents, we had direct relationships, and then we'd send it over to NetQuote and say, hey, do you have a nationwide agent or do you have a farmer's agent or whatever that you can sell this to? So we both ended up, you know, making a lot more money by sharing leads together. And that was the very kind of the dawn of the, you know, the aggregation ecosystem that we know love, know and love today where yeah. leads are flying all over the place on the ping and they're yeah. trying to find a home and monetization and whatnot. Um, so then um, we ended up selling the company to Bankrate Insurance mm-hmm. uh, or to Bankrate. Um, and then I went off and, um, you know, almost immediately found a company called Lead ID um, that uh, was doing something really interesting that I felt was really important because around 2010-11, the lead gen uh, space was was very, very toxic um, mm-hmm. And it was on the on the on the way to you know literally killing itself. Um, there were so so many bad actors uh, playing. It was impossible to know you know who's where did this lead get generated? Um, how old is it? Et cetera, et cetera. Um, so the you know the whole notion of legitimacy and intent uh, was was something that needed to be solved for. Uh, and I met Ross Shankin, who is the founder of Lead ID, now Jernia, mm-hmm. and Veris Marketing Services. Yeah. Um, but at any rate, so I, I said this is really important, and and it's going to be something that'll ultimately end up saving the space. And then the TCPA laws got t- stricter in 2013. So since we were witnessing the form, we could you know we could confirm that uh, the consumer consented to be contacted. So. We, we really solved a lot of issues with respect to fraud and um, TCPA uh, consent with uh, with that technology. Um, so that was a lot of fun, and and uh, we ended up really cleaning cleaning up the space for for the for the for the better of everybody, right? So the yeah. legitimate lead generators and aggregators, and then obviously the uh, the lead buyers, um, all benefited from that. So we sold Jernia, um to Verisk in December of 2020. Mm -hmm. And then um, I stuck around for a little bit longer. 
uh, but then left and, and founded uh, First Interpreter, which mm-hmm. is the company that I, I currently um, operate. Um, so that's my that's been my journey. <laughs> that's your journey. Before we get into First Interpreter, which we want to spend a lot of time talking about today, Jamie, it's I want to talk a little bit about your time at Jornaya and Lead ID because you know. I did not know two years ago what Jordaia was or what it meant or anything about it as an insurance agent, right? And the way that I view it, and one of you know the principal, you know, the the foundation, or you know, as I often say, the rock upon which Lead Clinic is built is transparency. I'm here to bring transparency to this space. And, you know, I didn't know what these companies did or or what they were, but they provide, you know, very valuable uh you know, metrics on if a lead is legitimate, not legitimate, how old it is, how long the consumer was on the form, and a number of other intent-based, you know, metrics. And at Lead Clinic, we're transparent with our clients. Um, you know, we, we share them. If they ask for that, we share them that data, no problem, um, because we want them to be confident in what they're buying. So from your perspective, Jamie, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this. And as I always tell everyone on these, right, I didn't give you any questions before. This is just your Mm -hmm. honest feedback on this, is why do you think, like, right, insurance carriers obviously know about these tools and utilize them because, you know, right, they have huge marketing budgets and they're sophisticated buyers because when you have that kind of capital and that kind of budget, you, you know, you can be very sophisticated. And I'm happy that they are. But Insurance agents generally don't know these solutions exist, and I think it's because no one's forced them, uh, no one's forced anyone to, you know, talk about this, and that's kind of what I'm trying to do here with Lead Clinic is let's talk about transparency, let's talk about, you know, these things, and I'm hoping that I kind of force a lot of my competitors to have to open up and provide these metrics and data points back to their agents as well, but why do you think that that transparency hasn't trickled down to the agents yet? Is it because no one else has forced it? Well, I, I, I think it's principally because we, we didn't target the local agent um, for our business. We, our business model was built for large you know, uh, entities who were looking at and buying you know, hundreds of thousands of leads a year. Yeah. Um, we, we, we didn't really, we didn't deliberately at any point in time go down the path of aiming our solution um, in a way that the local agent could leverage it. Mm-hmm. Um, we just didn't get there. Um, yeah. So what we did was we partnered with a handful of aggregators mm-hmm. um, who would leverage this data on behalf of their agents. So the agents really never really under, kind of knew what was going on. It was, it was mm-hmm. always, the data was always there in, in some places, but uh uh, the agent, you know, had no had no idea. They just like said, "Hey, these leads are better than these leads." <laughs> yeah, yep. um, because the uh, these aggregators, and there weren't many of them that we did this with, but um, you know, they did things like what you said, which is, you know, how old is this lead? You mm-hmm. know, the the technology sits on every web page where consumers filling out a lead form yep. and is capturing all the data um, around that lead event. It's like a and it has like a, a VIN number for that lead, so um, you you can at any point in time look at a lead. I it's a, called a lead ID. It's a thirty six alpha numeric alpha numeric GUID. Um, you could query with that lead ID and get data back on that lead event. So yep. things like you said, how old how old is this lead? When did the consumer fill this lead form out? 
was it seconds ago or was it months ago? Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, how long do they spend on the form? Was it four minutes or was it two seconds? Well, yeah. you can see where the, just those two metrics, and there are many more, as you said, um, are, are really big indicators of intent. Um, because if a consumer just filled it out and they spent three or four minutes, you know, seriously filling out the form, that's a really qualified lead. Um, and that's what that data can be leveraged for is to, um, to measure in advance before you bid on a lead or buy a lead, um, you know, the, the intent of that consumer. Um, and, and don't keep, keep in mind also that kind of the really, another really important aspect of buying leads is knowing that the consumer consents to be contacted uh, yeah. by, by phone call or by text. Um, yep. that is a, that is table stakes. If you don't do, if you don't, if you aren't able to do that with your leads, um, you're, you're heading for big trouble. Um, yeah. so, um, since, you know, the, the technology sat on the web form, they could see what the consumer read, what they did around that TCPA consent. And then, um, even so when, you know, a lead buyer would check all those boxes, they'd get a high intent lead, TCPA compliant lead, they'd still get increase from attorneys. Um, and, uh, you know, there were some class action lawsuits that we saw. So since the technology saw all that, captured all that and stores all that, it's available to show. So you could say, okay, here's, here's a consumer, um, go, go grab the, the consent, um, uh, evidence. And yep. we, we would provide them with a, a whole TCPA report, have all sorts of metrics around the lead event and an actual video of the consumer marching through the lead form. Um, it's called visual playback. But anyway, so all those things are critically important. You know, most agents don't understand that um, some of that's going on. For example, um, you know, there are some large captive air agency carriers that are buying all that information from Jernia for every lead that their agents are purchasing. So the carriers, a lot of the carriers do it on behalf of their agents just to keep mm -hmm. them out of trouble. Because yep. they have 15,000 agents, they can't say, hey, 15,000 agents, make sure you do all this stuff. Yeah. Well, you know how that goes, right? With, yeah, yeah. Ag with agents, agents aren't, aren't, aren't always, you know, uh, doing, doing everything they should, should be all the time, uh, or in a way that, you know, the carrier requires. So the carrier is doing that on behalf of the agent. So the captive agent, all they know is they're getting some really nice leads. Exactly right. And to that point, I will say that you know, any agent that works with Lead Clinic, we'll, we'll provide them that those data points as well because we we truly believe that transparency is is important in this space. And and now that folks know this it's, stuff is available, it's it's, it's, really, it's yeah, it's really important what you're doing, not just for independent agents who um, there really isn't any one carrier out there that's watching over and helping the independent agents, right? So independent exactly. agents need this. And even the captive agents, a lot of mm -hmm. them don't buy through the company-sponsored platform or program. They go outside and do kind of do their own thing. So um, when they do step outside of that safe environment that the carrier has created for them to do things on their own, they still need that protection. Um, exactly. And, they, and uh, to make sure that the lead's, you know, uh, legitimate, has, the consumer has intent and has consented to be contacted. So... Um, it's really important what you're doing for for your agent customers. Well, thank you, thank you, Jamie. Yeah, it's it's a this is a passion of mine, and and being transparent like this is the key. And 
I think will will truly be the differentiator between Lead Clinic and, and our competitors. But Jamie, what what we really first met, you know, you were already at First Interpreter. You know, I found that to be a fascinating idea that that you've you've created here. And you know, I'm proud to say that Lead Clinic is now officially a, a First Interpreter partner, and we offer this service to all of our clients now. So tell us a little bit about it, because I think I really truly believe that our listening audience this will be the one that like truly blows them away at, at what is possible. Um, so, so tell us a little bit about First Interpreter from your perspective, Jamie. Well, first of all, thank you for all those kind words. That means a lot coming from you. Um, the, you know, I'll, I'll kind of step back in time, just to kind of explain how I, I arrived at First Interpreter. So uh, when we were at Innsweb, we were really early in the early days, we were on a quest or had a vision for you know, trying to make the consumer experience near perfect um, by because before the internet, if your consumer wanted to shop, they'd have to you know go to different agencies. They'd have to make multiple phone calls. It was really, um, really difficult to to do it, have a true shopping journey for auto and home insurance or even life or health for that matter. Um, so we we really felt what we were doing was very important. Somewhere along the way, we kind of lost track of that vision. And we're focusing on monetization um, and, uh, you know, trying to get, um, you know, as much money per lead as we possibly could, which means sell that lead as many times as you possibly can. Um, and then that kind of led to, you know, things really going off the tracks um, with respect to quality, et cetera. So um, what, we th- what we thought in those early days to make that near perfect consumer experience was important, not just for the consumer, but also for the agent and the carrier, right? So if you create a good experience for the consumer and you do a good job of matching them with the right insurance providers, everybody should win, right? The lead generator, the marketplace, and the, uh, the lead buyer. Really what we created early on was the ability for an agent to or a carrier to focus in on their target market. What zip codes do they want? What products do they want? What kind of consumer demographics are they looking for? Risk characteristics are they looking for? What is their target market? And you can do that very easily with, with filters, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's really one key component of matching the, con- the right consumer with the right insurance provider, right? You don't want to send somebody with five DUIs to Liberty Mutual, right? So um, you want to you want to find a you know a, an agent that specializes in the, the pure non-standard consumer. So those filters are really important and uh, kind of one of three key components of delivering that near near perfect experience. The second one was what we were talking about a minute ago with with uh, lead ID slash Jernaya in in you know fixing the problems that were we had created ourselves be, just because we were. Very, we were focusing on monetization, right? So Jernai um, came in and we really f- kind of cleaned up and we answered two really important questions. Does this consumer have consent to, to be contacted from a TCPA perspective? And are they uh, truly on a journey and have high intent to get a quote from insurance providers? So that's the second key component of delivering a near-perfect consumer experience. The third and final component, w- once a consumer passes all of those tests, the only last remaining question um, is, in order to ma- answer the question, are we making the right matches here, is um, who, who's the most competitive or who has a competitive price for that consumer? Because as you know, about eight times out of 10, 
when you give a consumer a quote for auto or home insurance, they don't buy. Yep. And nine times out of 10 for those, those consumers, it's because of price. It's not, it's not a competitive price. It's either more than they're currently paying uh, and or more than they're getting from the quotes they're getting from other carriers and agents in their journey. So it does nobody any good to match a consumer with an uncompetitively priced insurance provider. Now, it doesn't have to be the lowest price insurance provider. Consumers sure. value other things other than price, right? So Absolutely. They value the agent. They value the brand. They value um, location. Um, th- th- there are lots of different things that consumer values beyond price. So you don't you don't always have to be the lowest price of you know all the, all the competitors. You just have to be competitive, right? So yep. w- what we what we did with First Interpreter early on was answer that question for mm-hmm. um, you know major insurance providers, um, in, and we did we do that by um, taking some of the data from the consumer. Um, no PII, um, and we rate all the top insurance carriers for that product in that state uh, based on where you know zip code, type of car, driving experience, age, gender, marital status, all, credit, all the important variables to that drive rate, and then we take that list of of carrier prices that we have, and we we can do a lot with that, right? If we're a marketplace or an aggregator, we can curate the list of eight, uh, insurance providers that we introduce that consumer to mm-hmm. say, it's rather than sending it to eight carriers on that list, you send it to three or four of the most competitively priced carriers. Um, and then the, the carrier or the agent can use it to uh, decide whether they want to uh, buy a lead click or call or not. Um, and um, you know, we're, we're answering that question of, you know, what is my competitive position or who are the most competitively priced insurance providers? And that helps deliver that last and third component of that, those important questions around uh, who should we match this consumer with um, to deliver, you know, that near perfect consumer experience. And when you do that, obviously, the insurance provider's performance is going to be better as well. Absolutely. We found... Uh, quote to close rates that are influenced by first interpreter data are somewhere between 30 and 50% higher than on leads uh, that aren't influenced by first interpreter data. Um, And the data can be used in a couple of different ways. You could use it for filtering uh, and, or you can use it for um, deciding how much you want to bid for a lead. Yep. So optimizing uh, that bid uh, is, is a, is, is another kind of use case. And then beyond that, once the consumer is in your funnel, your competitive position can help influence your, um, um, your follow-up with that consumer and how you, how you treat that consumer once they're in your funnel. Obviously, you're going to want to spend more time and money on contacting a consumer where you have a, a very good price than if, if, you know, for a consumer that you don't have the best, you know, a competitive price for. Um, so you can use it to, uh, you know, help influence your, your uh, kind of ongoing nurture campaign as well. Absolutely. And I, I think, too, like um, there's an additional use, especially for, for independent agents, right? If, if, a, if a, a prospective consumer comes in and let's say they have a, 
a score. And I'll break this down a little bit. Like Jamie's scoring on the first interpreter product by carrier ranges one through four, right? One is a not a very competitive position for that particular uh, carrier. And a four is a very competitive position for that carrier. But independent agents represent more than one carrier. Um, so I would submit to you too that a use case that we're working on developing uh, this product for, you know, to, to use for independent agents is what carrier should they start with first? You know, independent agents have, you know, comparative raters and things like that. And most independent agents will tell you those things don't function very well. And so they often have to bridge those quotes over to the carrier's website anyway. So, if, you know, you're bidding on a consumer and, you know, you represent, you know, uh, National General and Safeco and Progressive. And you know that the highest score out of those three for that particular consumer is progressive. That would seem like a logical place to start as an independent agent. So I think that's an additional use case. But, you know, the traditional use case, too, I think in the, you know, even if you represent one carrier as a captive agent, right, if you're an Allstate, a State Farm, a farmer's agent, why would you buy a lead that you're very uncompetitively priced against, um, you know, you you would should not and or, or, I pay, would, or bid very little for it or bid very little for it. Yeah, right. so it's like okay, you know, maybe I would buy this for a dollar, but because in six months you may be competitive for that consumer. Exactly. So if you have the rights to continue marketing to a consumer um, over time, then this data can can you know be be useful on an ongoing basis. That's very true. That's very true. And I would say that, you know, as uh, an early adopter of this important technology, right, uh, again, right, I'm here and I'm sitting here and I tell people this all the time because some people will say Peter's crazy, he's wearing a doctor's coat here. Like I'm doing this because I am trying to gather attention not only to build my business but to drive change in this system. And I think that by being an early adopter of this technology – and we're going to have a, make sure a lot of people see this podcast, Jamie, that it forces our competitors to use this technology too. And it forces them when agents are going to be calling them and saying, hey, what's the first interpreter uh, score for this particular lead for the carrier I represent? This should be something that agents are demanding from who they're buying leads from. And if you're not working with an aggregator or a publisher or whoever you're buying leads from that provides you with this data, the question is why? Why, why are they not providing this to you? You know, I view this, you know, will be a table stakes thing, much like Jornaya is on the compliance end, you know, within the short term, because, you know, Jamie, I, I'm going to help force it that way, um, because this is a value to the agents that I want to help, right? I want to help the small business owners. These are my people, and I respect them. And I tell people this all the time. I respect small business insurance agents for, for a lot of reasons, but most importantly, Unlike the carriers and unlike the huge, huge mega agencies that are the private equity financed, these people are mortgaging their family's financial future building these businesses, right? They're putting up their own capital and their own savings when they start an agency from scratch. They should be given every opportunity to be successful in this and nothing should be held back. And it's a choice like everything else in life. You have a choice to work with lead providers who are providing you with these value adds or you can choose to work with, as I like to call them, the usual suspects who, who, who aren't providing you with that. And listen, if, you know, those vendors decide to use, you know, first interpreter and provide that score, 
some would say, Peter, you know, that's worse for you because now you, you, know, you're, you have more competition. I'm all for competition because I'm a competitive person and I want there to be competition and I think that that's great. But more importantly, I'm all for more people having access to more information that's gonna help them make valuable marketing decisions and that's what this tool does. Knowing what carrier or what consumer is competitive for your carrier or carriers that you represent, that's huge. And you're doing it in a more thoughtful way than filtering, Jamie. So in my mind, you know, what I often, you know, suggest to my clients is instead of filtering a list of zip codes that might change, you know, one day this zip code's, you know, competitive for your carrier, then seven months later it's not. Instead of you doing that work, let's let Jamie and First Interpreter do that work. That is the business they built. And yep. they will know in real time if that, you know, as those changes happen. And we know those changes are happening rapidly, right, Jamie? Yeah. Knowing in real time um, before you decide to spend time and money on a lead is is the key, right? So yep. the agent, um, you know, n- needs to have some understanding that they're, you know, this is, a, you know, a safe environment. It's easy to tap into it and it provides a really quality source of new business at the right economics, yep. um, if you can if you can do all those things, you're going to uh, attract a lot of, uh, of of agents. I think the challenge is also so there there are really three kind camp agency camps. One is agents who you know they, they buy leads all the time. It's it's an important part of their new you know their their agency growth. The second camp is you know agents who have tried leads before. And thought they were awful, and and said this is a terrible way to try to grow. You know, it's time consuming. It's it's too expensive. They've given up, if you will. Um, they've been burned. Um, and then there's a third that have never tried it before at all. Um, so I think those 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 you know the second and third camps are the ones that um, I think are um, you know offer you know a great amount of opportunity for you because you're really growing the market. Um, and it, obviously the first camp is going to migrate to you as well, because the advantage that you have, um, in creating this, um, this, this kind of new way of, of, of helping local agents grow their business is going to appeal. Um, and the, one of the advantages you have is some of these, um, lead sellers aren't in, in the same position as you are, um, to, make these some would consider radical changes right um to helping the consumer and the agent you know find each other in a more efficient effective safe way because they're they're focused on you know quarterly financial results and growth and they they have to meet certain um you know revenue and profit uh requirements and to do some radical Kind of reengineering, if you will, of 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 the eco their ecosystem simply is impossible because they're they have other pressures to you know to grow revenues and 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 profits and ch- changing that their ecosystem in a way that could potentially reduce revenue near term is just not an option for them. Yeah. Now, longer term, it would help them because. You know, you 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 wouldn't be you know selling the lead to everybody that you, that would buy it. You're selling it to the right companies and, and agents who will, over time, recognize you for having higher quality and pay more per lead. So over over time, 
it, it evens out and probably would even benefit you. But near term, it would be a big hit and they just can't do that. So, um, you know, I think I think that's an advantage that uh, Lead Clinic has um, to, uh, you know, to, to really uh, make a difference here. Yeah. And, and listen, I I sympathize um, with the folks that are, that are in that position. And I I am not one to say that like everyone in the lead generation space is a bad person or a scam artist or anything like that. And I know a lot of insurance agents feel that way, but there's a lot of good people here. And I think I said that on the, the very like preview of, of, of Lead Clinic uh, podcast here is like the most exciting part for me is to bring good people from the lead generation ecosystem onto this show like Jamie. And, you know, look, the, the large, you know, publicly traded or private equity backed, you know, lead aggregators, I understand from the perspective they're in, um, that's not the, 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 the situation that I'm in. I'm not looking to put anyone out of business. I'm not looking to, to do anything. But I think I am here to make everyone focus on the long game because I think that's just smart business. Um, but I understand that. Not everyone, and there are outside pressures, whether you know uh, the financiers or you know Wall Street, whoever it may be, um, to hit those those short term goals. And short term goals are important, but playing the long game has always benefited me in life, and I think it will continue to benefit me in both life and in business. But playing that long game and providing this value is going to help because. It also, it just makes sense why, you know, it's a waste of time and human resources in an insurance agency to be quoting clients that you know you have no shot to win. And if we can tell you that early enough and not waste your money on them, that's great. That doesn't, there's a place, insurance is a differentiated marketplace. Progressive doesn't target the same clients as Allstate and they don't target the same as State Farm and they don't target the same as Chubb and they don't target the same as National General. It's finding the right home for the consumer and it makes a better consumer experience. And we're all consumers of different things ourselves, right? I wanna have the best experience when I buy something on Amazon. I wanna have the best experience when I go to a movie theater and watch a movie. I wanna have the best experience in all of those things, so why wouldn't we want consumers who are shopping for insurance to have a great experience too? And I think that this product really does that and, and really, you know, is the gasoline that's going to accelerate, you know, um, you know, lead generation uh, working for more agents that it sometimes hasn't worked for before. So it, it's an incredible product, Jamie, and we're proud to really, you know, be one of the, the, the early adopters. And I think that um, it helps lead clinic, it helps the, the lead clinic clients, and it helps the end consumer user as well. So thinking about all of that, it's just, it, it's a very meaningful um, uh, a product. And, you know, we're proud to be working with you. And we're also proud, right, we, we share the scoring data, you know, with the end agent too. So they know, you know, it's not just Peter saying it's a one, two, three, or four. It's, you know, we're showing you verifiably, you know, this is, you know, and I mean, listen, anyone could always say, well, Peter, you know, it's your computer platform, you could just make it up. I'm sitting here going on this podcast. I'm telling everyone like transparency is the name of the game. It would be devastating to my reputation for anything like that to happen. But insurance agents are a skeptical bunch, as I know. I, I am one, so and I'm very skeptical myself. Transparency is is going to win the game here. And I also would say, Jamie, is we're, we're uh, working together on a, a different use case for, for Lead Clinic that we're not going to go into on this particular podcast, or I'm sorry, different use case for First Interpreter with Lead Clinic that we're not going to go into on this podcast, but you know, you'll definitely be back uh, to kind of uh, as we debut that product, uh, which will be, you know, 
uh, hopefully by the end of uh, 2023 here, if not early 2024, but I think that will be a game changer as well. Um, and all powered by First Interpreter, um, you know, this is, is an amazing product and platform. And I think, Jamie, what everyone's going to want to know, the insurance agents out there are, how do you know what um, what carrier a consumer is going to be competitive with? How, how do you how do you how are you able to make those uh, make that decision? It's a great question. Um, the, uh, the the technology that powers our competitive position score metrics um, is a partner company of ours called Quadrant. Um, and Quadrant's been around for 34 years now. Um, and what Quadrant does is they pull rate filings from every carrier who is doing business in every state for auto and home, and the home is broken out to single family, condo, and renters. They pull those rate filings, and they're, they're basically um, taking the rate filings and, and, and kind of uh, formulating their rating algorithm based on that. Um, so that becomes, you know, a specific carrier's auto rating algorithm in California, let's say. Um, and anytime that carrier updates their rates in California and gets them approved, Quadrant grabs that rate, rate filing approval and adjusts the rating algorithm. So at any given moment in time, the rates that the rating algorithm are giving for that specific carrier are always ones that are live and approved today. So um, imagine doing that for 70 to 80% of the market in every state for auto and condo renters and single-family homes. Um, it's thousands of carrier state combinations. Um, and as you can imagine, recently, uh, carriers are making a lot of rate changes. So yeah. the team at Quadrant has been extra busy pulling those updates and, and making sure that the rates are accurate and up to date. So at any rate, Quadrant has that rating engine for all the all the top carriers and some of the medium-sized ones in every state for auto and home. And uh, First Interpreter has an exclusive uh, license to that rating engine for to power our, our data products. You know, it takes just a few inputs, no PII, and we, quer we query the rating engine in real time, and then it, it calculates the rates for all the top carriers in that state. And then based on who the customer is, if it's a marketplace, the marketplace is using that to curate the offering. If it's a specific carrier, the carrier then knows that they're competitive position against all the top players. Um, yeah. All that happens within, you know, a second or two. Um, and up front. So um, intuitively makes perfect sense, right? If you're, if you're, if you have a competitive price, you're going to do better than if you don't. Um, the only question I got, I got this from everybody early on. Uh, every time I have this conversation with somebody new and, and you asked it too, is how do you know the rates are accurate? Well, that's the key, right? Um, if the rates aren't accurate, then the data has no value. Um, but what, what we've learned and what we thought going in, because Quadrant does a very good job of, of uh, on accuracy of rates, um, we found um, early and often with, uh, with our prospects and customers that the data is very predictive and, and therefore has a lot of value. It, and it absolutely is. It absolutely is. And you guys are doing a wonderful job of really you know, breaking this down daily. And something you said in there, Jamie, that I think is really important is this is the time, right? This is the time more so, I think, that any time in my history in, in insurance that rates are changing 
very frequently, right? Because of the inflationary environment, the high, uh, higher uh, frequency and severity of automobile accidents, carriers are making rapid changes. You know, we've seen you know, progressive pull-out of marketing over the past few weeks. We've seen all kinds of, of really interesting things that haven't always happened before. But this is the time to be leveraging this, you know, in, in my mind. And it sounds like you see it the same way, right? Yeah, it's, it's really, it, it, it's, it's such a dynamic, interesting time right now. You know, if you have a prospect in a specific zip code for auto today and you're very competitive tomorrow, you might not be competitive at all because of the carrier carrier rate changes that are happening around you. So at any given yeah. moment in time, you could have a different answer to the question, am I competitive or not? Yeah. And, and as you know, that varies from consumer to consumer. Every prospect is unique and, and gets a unique price. Um, and a lot of things drive that, right? Location, geographics, demographics, risk characteristics, et cetera. So every consumer is unique and at at this moment in time, um, you're, you're, you could potentially have a different answer to what is my competitive position than a month from now or six months from now, just because everything is so change is changing so rapidly around us with the frequency of rate changes, uh, mostly going up, right? So, yeah. Um, yep. And once that settles down a little bit, it's still really important because efficiency will be even more important going forward for carriers and agents than ever before. Because, Absolutely. you know, we're in an environment now where pretty much nobody's profitable. I mean, yeah. not even progressive. Um, yeah. I think that their quarterly earnings weren't that great recently. No. So no. W- once everybody kind of, you know, we, we kind of climb out of this, this the low end of the cycle with respect to um, rate adequacy, um, everybody's going to be focused on efficiency. Um, and if you can be efficient in your marketing, um, um, even more so than you were before, that's that's really important and could be a game changer. And uh, what we're trying to accomplish, basically, is with our with our important partnerships like Lead Clinic and you, Peter, and your team, we're trying to take that level of inefficiency in the marketing equation where. You know, you talk with a consumer and you give them a price and they're like, oh, it's too high. Well, it's a waste of my time. It's inefficient, right? It's time and money that you've wasted. We're trying to, we won't eliminate that, but we can help reduce that. So rather than, you know, eight out of 10 times, um, you know, somebody doesn't buy from you because of price, it, if that's seven out of 10, I mean, that's, that's a lot of money right there. And that's it's a, a lot of time. Savings. So if we can, if we can kind of re- reduce that in, inefficiency in the marketplace, um, that's going to be important. It's important now, and it's going to be even more important going forward when everybody is rate adequacy and rate rate adequate, and they're trying to grow profitably. Um, there's going to be more focus on that part of the equation, efficiency, than ever before. Um, so, things that you're doing at Lead Clinic that help um, your agents uh, identify the most, uh, the highest intent, TCPA compliant. Um, price competitive prospects is going to be really, really important. And as a result, I think you're going to have a lot of migration to your platform. Um, I, a lot of agents are going to hear about it, learn about it, and want to be a part of it. Um, and that'll be great for lead clinic and your agent customers and the consumers. But I think yeah. it's also going to be important for the ecosystem because you're going to be partnering, whether you know it or not, at any given moment in time with some of the other lead generators, right? So. Yep. Because you're delivering a better quality lead, you're going to be able to bid more for leads. 
Exactly. Right? So everybody who's trying to sell leads in this ping post aggregation ecosystem are going to see, oh, Lead Clinic can bid 10 and everybody else is bidding eight. Why is that? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. it's because you, you do a, a better job of, of matching that consumer with the right uh, insurance provider. And as a exactly. result, everybody in the ecosystem should benefit from what you're doing. That's, that is exactly the goal, Jamie, is that it helps everybody. It makes the whole system more efficient. And, and listen, for the insurance agents out there today, if the current uh, aggregator that you're buying from, uh, or lead generator you're buying from, isn't have this solution, right? We do. It's in the marketplace today. You're able to get access to it. Give us a call. We'd love to, to earn your business. And I think that the, the, the first interpreter product and, uh, and Jamie is a, a key portion of the value that Lead Clinic delivers to our clients. Jamie, thank you for joining us today. I really, truly appreciate it. Like I said, I alluded to earlier in this episode, we're going to have you back very soon uh, talking about our new use case uh, that uh, we have underway for uh, the first interpreter uh, data. And uh, I'm looking forward to debuting that. But also, I'm looking forward to talking to insurance agents every day about how this solution and, and the other technology solutions that we deploy at Lead Clinic can really be a differentiator. Thanks for joining us, Jamie. Thanks everyone uh, for watching this episode. And uh, you know, please reach out to us if you have any questions. We'd love to uh, answer them for you, whether it's specific to First Interpreter or you know any part of your lead process in general. Thank you for tuning in.